Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. something different at the same time and, and not just that but but the feet too okay because you, she, you know with the pedal instead so <laughs> but uh, thank you for the beautiful piece there. indeed well I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Revelation as we uh, we will look at the rest of, uh, of chapter one in uh, the book of Revelation and we were we were over into the uh, I believe it's uh, point four. So if you'll uh, you'll move on ahead there to uh, point four in uh, Revelation chapter chapter one, and we're going to look at a couple of uh, different uh, passages today as we as we consider uh, Revelation chapter one. And whenever you're you're studying the Bible, um, always you should do what is called cross reference. That is, look at various passages to uh, shed light and uh, to illuminate um, what is being taught. And so we're in the first chapter in the book of, of Revelation, and the beginning at, uh, at verse number five, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Let's pray. Lord, as we study your holy word, we pray that you be our teacher. Open the eyes of our understanding, the eyes of our soul, our spirit, Lord. Teach us your truth and empower us 
for the great responsibility, the wonderful privilege that we have to share your love and your message with humanity, with those in our own families who, who do not know you as Savior and have no idea of what is coming. Those within our circle of, of influence and others that we meet from day to day. Open doors that we might have gospel conversations with people and point them to you, Lord. Now as we study your holy word, we pray, give us, O Lord, understanding. And we thank you for your great love. We thank you for the blessing of life. We thank you for your grace and your peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so we've been looking through the, the first chapter here in the book of, of Revelation. And we talked last time about God's nature, the nature of the, the Lord Jesus and his love for us. And we used the illustration of, of, of Jesus touching the leper. And we talked about the fact that lepers were cut off from the rest of, of the community. And whenever a clean person, if you will, came down uh, in their direction, they had to cry out, unclean. That is, the, the leper had to cry out, unclean, unclean, and walk to the other side of the road to protect the so-called clean person from becoming infected with leprosy. And how that Jesus reached out and, and touched the leper. He touched him and he, and he healed him. There's so many people, so many people, living today. Everyone needs the touch of the Savior, yes? Everyone needs the touch of God's love. Everyone needs to know that God loves them and cares for them. And so many people have an incorrect understanding of, of God and his nature. There's this, this idea, you know, that he's some angry old guy sitting up there in heaven, and every time you mess up or every time something goes wrong, boom, he's, he's going to lower the boom on, on your life. And that's not God at all. Not at all. God loves us with a love that, that is indescribable with human language. He sent his son, and we, we all know the passage from John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have an everlasting life. God cares. God cares for all of those people in that country, Afghanistan. Why is it? that so often times people are placed in positions of leadership and, and they refuse to listen to people who know better. And because of their, their unwillingness to listen, to hear, thousands and thousands upon thousands of people 
have their lives destroyed. But God cares. God does care, and he loves. And when the human race refuses to do things God's way, human beings suffer. And it breaks God's heart. And it should break our hearts as well. Jesus is love. He's love. When the disciples said, show us the Father, you recall how Jesus responded? You can read that over in, in John chapter 14. He says, have I been with you so long and have you not known, basically? Do you not realize Jesus speaking of himself, that he and the Father are one. One God. And we've mentioned this many times. God has revealed himself in three distinct persons. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And God, by his Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God, he lives and dwells within us. In every Christian in all four corners of the earth, in every country where, where a person knows the Lord as Savior, God is present in that person's life. And the Bible says he washed us from our sins in his own blood. He paid for us. We are, we are bought and paid for. People say, well, this is my life. Well, Christian, you need to know your life is not your own. Your life belongs to God. Your life is not your own to live any way you so choose to live. But that's a shock for a lot of people. No, the choice that we're supposed to make is the choice that pleases God. The choice that is consistent with God's desire. The Bible even goes on to say that if, if we give our hearts to the Lord, that the Lord will give us the desires of our hearts. Amen? Because then the desire of our heart will be God's desire. That is to do and to be what God wants us to do and to be, or how God wants us to be. In other words, our heart will be consistent with him. But as we read in the Sunday school lesson this morning, there is no righteous person on the earth who always does good and never sins. But that doesn't mean that we have to be extreme in our sin. You follow? We should be seeking to become more and more and more consistent in our Christian life as we get older. And Jesus has washed us with his own blood. And God has, has given us very special places in his kingdom. Now, you know, I don't know what I'll be doing in heaven or in eternity, but I do know I'll, I'll be serving the Lord in some capacity. You know, I might be sweeping the floor or something somewhere. But then I, I think, well, maybe I'll get to sing in that heavenly choir, you know. 
But God has a place, a special place for each one of us. And he knows exactly what we're going to be doing. We are servants of the king. We're royal people and, and priests. Now what is a priest supposed to do? A priest is supposed to pray. A priest is supposed to share the message. A priest is supposed to share the message of God's love with people and he's also to then to lift up the people's needs to God. That is what we are all supposed to be doing for our families, for the people in our neighborhoods, for the people in our, our nation, and for people who live in other nations as well. Now out there on that table, there's this little calendar. And 365 days on this, on this calendar, on each one of these little charts, if you flip, like a little flip chart, there is a country listed or a group of people who live in a particular country. And you can pray for these people and throughout the year for people in different communities, different cultures, different ethnic groups. And you can pray for the, the, the need that's listed on that, on that chart, as well as for all of the leaders in those particular uh, countries and areas, for the tribal leaders, and, their, and their, their wives and their family. Because generally, in, in the communities where you still have the tribes and the, and the chieftains and the tribal leaders, if the tribal leader becomes a Christian, he will generally lead the rest of his community to become Christian. And so we, we, we lift them up and we, we pray for them. God has made us kings and priests. The Lord has, has brought us into this special relationship where we serve a purpose. There are so many people who live life and, and their lives, they, they're discouraged because they feel they have no purpose in life. You should never feel that way. But if you, if you do, know this, you serve a purpose. You serve the greatest purpose in all of life. You represent the King, the Lord Jesus. You represent hope. You represent love. You represent life. You represent forgiveness and healing. Our country, our people, and people in the world are hurting. So many people wondering if does God really care? Yes, He cares. He sent His Son to show us that love. We're kings and priests unto God the Father, and now the Lord's kingdom is an eternal kingdom. Jesus will return. I want you to turn to the book of Daniel. Daniel there in the Old Testament. And we're going to look at the chapter 7. Chapter 7 and verse 13. 
And Daniel is given a vision of the Lord in the future. The Lord's coming in the, in the future. And notice what he, what he says, verse 13 in chapter 7. I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven. You see that? He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples and nations and languages should serve him. And notice what it says there. That all peoples and nations and languages should serve him. One of the tragic mistakes made by the Jewish people was that they became very, very exclusive. In other words, you had to become a Jew to really know God. It happened even over in the churches of the first century. We've been studying through the book of Galatians where a group of people called the Judaizers would go to the churches after these churches had been established and then confuse the people telling them that they had to, to keep the law, they had to become Jews, that accepting Christ as their Savior wasn't enough. And yet, from the beginning of time, God has always been the God of all people, of all languages. Notice it says there, that to him was given dominion, that is authority, sovereignty, and glory, and a kingdom, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed, because all other kingdoms will be destroyed. Jesus Christ is returning. Jesus Christ is coming back. We go back to the book of Revelation. Chapter 1 and verse 7, it says, Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. Now the mourning, this, this sadness, includes several different groups. Because they're going to be those who mourn for salvation. Who want to be forgiven. But then there are also those who are against the Lord. They're, they're against it. So let's turn to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 30. Actually, let's start at verse 29. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation, and notice, after the tribulation of those days. So we're, the Lord is referring to the future tribulation that's going to come upon all the earth. And there were those during World War II who thought that, they, that the world had entered into the tribulation period. 
Because they thought, how could things get any worse? Here you had this man so filled with hatred. His desire was to exterminate the Jewish people from off the face of the earth. And then you had other countries that even cooperated with him. Now, unbeknown to, to, to so many people, do you know that, that Hitler was, was in, in cahoots, I guess you would say, with, with um, uh, Saddam Hussein. Remember Saddam Hussein? He was the ruler of, of Iraq. With, with his, I believe it was his, his, one of his uncles who happened to be in power in Iraq at that time. Their goal, they were, they were, they were going to build or, or, or um, uh, create concentration camps there in the Middle East because they wanted to take the Jews who were left in Israel and exterminate them as well. You see, this stuff goes, goes way back. When you begin to, to actually read and study all of that, horrible. Notice what it says. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, just like we read in the book of Daniel. Right? Just like we read in the book of Daniel. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Now notice, it says, they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven. We go back to Revelation. Jesus is his return. When he comes, there will be no question about who he is. And not just People who are believers, who are living during the tribulation times, because people will be coming to know Christ during that period of time as well. The church is already in heaven. But even the unbelievers, everyone sees him. There is no question about who he is. And instead of worshiping him, they seek to destroy him. They make, they make war with the Lord. So turn to chapter 19 in the book of Revelation. Chapter 19. And beginning at verse 11. Now I saw heaven open, and behold a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. Faithful and True. And remember in John's description in the first chapter, Jesus is referred to as the faithful witness, is he not? Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And, and when you're reading... Um, in Revelation, because uh, there are some others who are, who are referred to as having the crown. But in the Greek language, the crown that Jesus wears is a diadema. All right, a diadema. So it is a, it is a glorious crown. 
where an imposter wears a crown, and the word that's used there is Stephanos, which means a little crown. All right? But see, that, that doesn't come through in the, in the English. But he wears this, this diadema. And he had a name written that no one knew except he himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. Jesus is the Word of God. All the Bible is about him. And remember that the book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen. So who, who's in this army? Take a moment and just look above here in the same chapter of Revelation. Verse 6, And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters, and as the sound of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. Who's the wife of the Lamb? The church. The church. We are. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Now go back over to verse 13. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God, and the armies in heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean. You notice that? The Lord's people followed him on white horses. I mentioned, I think, last week, if you've never ridden a horse, don't worry, you're going to get your chance. <laughs> You'll be riding on that beautiful white horse, this heavenly horse. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, and with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Who is that? That is the Lord Jesus Christ. When he comes back, he comes back in power and he comes to reign and he will reign forever. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun and he cried with a loud voice saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, come and gather together for the supper of, of the great God that you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and of those who sit on them, and the flesh of all people, free and slave, both small and great. What does that tell you? It tells you that slavery will still be present even at the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Slaves, both literally, but also slaves to sin. Slaves to immorality. Slaves to fear and fear-mongering. Free and slave, both small and great. And I saw the beast, the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together, notice, to make war against him, that is, against the Lord Jesus, who sat on the horse and against his army. When the Lord returns, and they all know who he is, instead of bowing down and worshiping him, instead they seek to make war with him. 
Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshiped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone, and the rest were killed with the sword which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse, and all the birds were filled with their flesh. What is that sword that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord Jesus? It is the word of God. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, you can read that we are to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. God spoke the world into existence. He spoke it into existence. And when they turn to make war against the Lord, he speaks the word, and they are destroyed. You can't fight against God and win. Insanity. Insanity. Back to chapter 1. And then it goes on to say, in chapter 1, verse 7, he comes with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And who pierced him? The Romans. The un unbelieving people, but also the believers, those who, who, who supposedly were the believers, the Jews, for they were the ones who really condemned him. They were the ones who, who took him to Pilate. But stop for a moment and consider. All through Israel's history, and really the history of the human race, have we not pierced the heart of God with our sin? And yet God sent his son to die upon that cross, and he was pierced for us. You follow me? He died on that cross for you, for me, the entire human race. All the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, I notice Jesus speaking of himself, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. In other words, he's everything from A to Z. Alpha and Omega are the first and the last letters of the Greek alphabet, the Alpha and the Omega. Everything from A to Z. And notice the beginning and the end. Life has its beginning in the Lord. Life has its ending, if you will, or eternity in the Lord. And he is who is, who was, and who is to come. Notice, Jesus is almighty. Almighty, he is God almighty. And the Greek term for that word is pantokrator. And it's used ten times in the New Testament. Nine of the times that it's used is in the book of Revelation. He is God Almighty. And when he returns, the entire human race living upon the face of the earth at that time is going to see him when he comes. Now, what a blessing for those who are believers who are living on the earth at that time. Oh, 
with tragedy for the unbelievers. And so we move ahead in this book of Revelation then. And John says, I, verse, verse 9, I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was on the isle that is called Patmos. Now we, we spoke about this in the, in the introduction to, to the chapter. But notice what he says, that he was exiled there for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Christians should never be surprised or shocked that when we share the gospel message with other people, that it's rejected or that it's ridiculed or criticized. That, that, that shouldn't surprise us. Now, knowing that ahead of time, when we share the gospel, we know that it might be rejected. We pray for God's wisdom as we share the message of God's love with other people. But it's such a blessing when someone actually does listen, isn't it? When someone actually listens, and when they actually respond positively. And so, I want to move over to the last section of, of Revelation here, uh, the first chapter. Jesus speaking to John. Now, when John sees the Lord, notice in verse 12, he says, Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet, and girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice is the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. There are people who, when you tell them about the Lord, about his love and his nature, they, they reject it and they say, I could never be forgiven. You just don't know what I've done in my life. But they need to know that God loves them. And oftentimes, oftentimes, they're afraid to come to a church. They're actually afraid. And they won't, they won't come to church out of fear. Oftentimes, out of fear, they, they don't want anyone to know what they've done in their life. Or they'll take the position, well, you know, just a bunch of hypocrites down there. And I, I've shared with you many times that I just respond by telling them, well, then you'll fit right in. Right? Okay? Because the truth is, is that we're all hypocrites. From time to time, we're, we, we say one thing, do another. So you, you'll fit right in with all the rest of those respectable sinners. Jesus says, 
do not be afraid. I'm the first and the last, I'm he who lived and was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. And we mentioned, he's the firstborn from the dead. He's the first one to be resurrected. He's the first one to be glorified. He's the first one to actually die a physical death. And then be raised to life forevermore, never to die again. And you see, we are like him in that. Because we're going to die, but we're going to be resurrected. We're going to live forever. The Bible says there are two deaths. Two deaths. You say, what? Two deaths? Yes. Yes. The believer is born twice, but only dies once. The unbeliever is born once, but dies twice. And we can read that another time. But he goes on. I am alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of Hades and of death. Write these things which you have seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall take place after this. The mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand, and the seven golden lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. And the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches. Now, Jesus, Jesus taught this parable of the lampstand when he was teaching during his earthly ministry. He said, now, when you, when you light a lampstand, do you, do you put it under a table? No, what do you do with it? You put it on the table, right? So that it gives light to everyone who is in the room. So what is the church supposed to do with the message that God has given? The churches are supposed to be lighthouses. The church is supposed to be where you, you discover the truth, God's light. And that light gives life. Our God is a life-giving God. And the church is supposed to be a lighthouse that shines bright in a world of darkness. The church is supposed to be pointing the way to God, the way to forgiveness, the way to hope, the way to life. That is what we as God's children, we're privileged to be in the lighthouse. The government does not save. And the government rarely tells the truth. And why is that? Because it's filled with a bunch of sinners. Some who believe in God, many if not most who do not. Now it might be a shock to you, there really are some politicians who want to do what is right. Who really do want to honor the Lord. There are even some lawyers like this. You may find that hard to believe, but there really are some. And the majority of police officers really do want to do what is right. And yes, they've been given a bad rap by both the government and the media. 
But you know what? God will never lie to us. God tells the truth because he is the truth. That is his name. He is God Almighty and he is the truth. But notice, the church is likened to a lampstand, like a lighthouse. So as we bring this message to a close, in this first chapter is the introduction to the book of Revelation. And the, the, the message that's given to John, he's supposed to give to the churches, and then what are the churches supposed to do? The churches are supposed to share the message with the rest of humanity. God is warning the world. He is warning the human race of what is coming. And we are in the Lord's army and we are to be sharing the message. So, lastly, what do we learn from these passages? God is in complete control of all of life. Never for one moment should you think that, that God doesn't have control. You see, the unbeliever, the unbeliever incorrectly takes the position that there is no God, or if there is, he lost control long ago. Not true. Because they fail to recognize that God is so loving that he's given us the freedom of choice. You can choose to follow or you can choose not to follow. But with each choice come both the benefits and or the consequences. Secondly, God will fulfill his will according to his timetable. You notice? According to his timetable. Now, when, when God first spoke with Abraham and he, and he entered into this covenant with Abraham, that was thousands of years before Jesus was actually born. Thousands. He even told Abraham, in advance, he, he told them that he was going to bless him and his, his offspring were going to, to become numerous, but that his offspring would actually go down into Egypt and would become slaves down there for 400 years. He told them that before it ever even took place. And guess what? It happened, didn't it? But that he would bring them out. And he would bless them, but he would hold Egypt accountable. Just like all of this in the book of Revelation, these things that are coming, they're going to come. And all glory and honor belong to Jesus Christ. So whatever we do in terms of the church, we shouldn't be there, you know, patting ourselves on, on the back. can't quite reach as far as I used to. <laughs> Because we have a tendency to do that. But all glory and honor belong to the Lord. And we are blessed in the beloved Lord Jesus. 
Now, I don't know, you know, how things are going to be conducted in heaven. But we hear all kinds of things. Jesus said, you know, lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. And so I want to encourage you to, to do that. To lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. But I can imagine that probably one of the greatest treasures outside of, of actually getting to see Jesus himself and to, to communicate with him and to see these people, meet the people from the, from, who are listed in the Bible, both from the Old Testament and the New Testament, and, and family and friends that, that have gone on before us. But what about someone that you led to the Lord? Or someone that you prayed for who came to know the Lord as Savior. And there in heaven, you see this person. I can tell you from personal experience going through a difficult time in my life, and, and um, I had the, the, the privilege of. of being a trainer out at the base, and these young guys would come to the base, and um, and so then I would train them in their their duties and such, and and I would I would witness to them, and I would invite them to church, and and some of them would go, and you know some of them wouldn't go, but one day I was playing in, in a church softball league that we used to have here, and. Uh, this uh, young guy hit the ball, and I was playing first base, and, and uh, he, he made the first base. And so while we were standing there, he looked at me and he said, oh, well, you, you're Sergeant Rod. He called me Sergeant Rod Rodriguez. And he said, hey, I want you to know, I accepted the Lord as my Savior. You see, he was one of the ones that I had spoken to so many years before. And he, you know, he went on and on, and it was, it was so encouraging, so encouraging. The church is a lighthouse, amen? We're to be sharing the message. And what does a lighthouse do? You know, it provides a message, a warning to the ships. And oh, it is such a welcome sight, especially if the ship is caught in a storm. Well, people are living in stormy, stormy days in their lives, and they need light, the light of God's message. Let's stand, please. We're going to sing this song here as an invitation. Maybe you're here today, and you've not accepted Jesus as your Savior. You come to Him. Give your life to Him. Or maybe you've been attending, but you've, you've not officially joined the church. You come and say, well, what are the benefits? There's always, there are, you know, membership has its, has its uh, benefits, right? So you come as we sing. We pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word. 
and we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.